0: Everybody, it is time for the Mainland Podcast, and we are up to episode number one hundred. David Rowe, woo! Um, <laughs> We've hit the set. I, don't, I, don't
1: <laughs> I was going to say I don't have anything for one hundred. I, I I I didn't have time to think up anything witty. <laughs> oh well.
0: Well, that's okay. I am Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of the Mainland dot com. Welcome to the Mainland Podcast. If you're just now. Finding our lovely little podcast. Uh, what took you so long? We're, we're happy to have you, but uh, we would have, you know, we're up to 100 already. Where you been, um, Dave? We have a lot to talk about and some great guests tonight. Very excited about this show, and uh, we are uh, we've got all kinds of things to talk about. So why don't we just dive right into the first thing we need to talk about, which is Orlando City's must-win game against the Columbus Crew, and it was not a win. <laughs> it was a draw. Ouch. Um. Yeah, Orlando City, not so much with the wins since the end of April. But um, you have to say, at least I have to say, and and I know it, it kind of drives some people crazy that I'm not a sad sack and that I'm whining for the coach to be fired because it wasn't a win. Um, but I would have to say that if you take that performance Saturday night with the first half performance against the New York Red Bulls, you're starting to see... Something different about these Orlando City Lions, the, the team, the attitude, the um, the level of play, the hustle, the determination. I, I think you're just seeing something a little bit different the last couple of games. Maybe I'm crazy.
1: I don't think you're crazy. I think there is something there. I think what you're uh, the reason that you're getting pushback, if this was if this was two months ago, you're not getting pushback. Um, it's okay. You know, it's soccer. Things happen. At least they played hard and it's okay. Uh, there's plenty of season left. It's when you get to this part of the season and you say, Hey, they're trying hard. There's lots of heart and there's good things to see. And people go, I don't care. It's too late. We need to do something. I think that's why you're getting pushback.
0: Yeah. It's um, desperate, desperate times, uh, call for desperate measures. I guess. It, it is a desperation time because every point dropped is precious. But I think – Partly what's not bothering me is that I guess sometime around the beginning of August, I kind of made my peace with the fact that I don't think this team is making the playoffs. And so I'm already kind of looking ahead. And while it would be great to go on a run and to actually make the playoffs, and it's certainly something that's possible, I think there's some there's a kind of freedom in, in not having expectations anymore the rest of the year. And don't get me wrong, I'm disappointed that they'll probably be sitting at home Watching the postseason with the rest of us, uh, that part doesn't make me happy. I'm not excited about that or anything. Um, again, it's, it's just a little bit freeing to to not have the weight of those hanging over my head anymore. I mean, I I, th- I was July was much harder. June was much harder for me. You know, mm-hmm. May May wasn't good, but it was still you know we could still we were turn so this fresh around. fresh off the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah. June, June was a little bit you know like more of the same and kind of my darkest. Place was probably toward the end of June uh, when it looked like well two months in a row of this. There's still time to turn it around, but it's quickly becoming apparent that it's not going to be easy to turn it around. Mm-hmm. Um, the window came in July, so you know there was that optimism of the window, and then of course the moves were made. But then you know it takes time during that window to get the moves completed and then to incorporate them. And of course you go out and you get a domed wire, and the first thing that happens is. Uh, he goes to play in the All-Star game, so he's out for <laughs> several days. Um, and then he comes back and plays in a game, and he starts to maybe get a little bit of uh, chemistry going with Kyle Laren And then he gets surgery, and then he's out again. Um, so there's the the fits and starts there. Uh, so that kind of when he was acquired, as opposed to now, he's probably three weeks behind where he normally would be, if you right. know there wasn't for the All-Star game and it wasn't for the, uh, you know. <laughs> the, the the broken nose the, uh, no, the, the, no the foul drink. that was not a foul here. yeah it, it, it's tough it makes it tougher and so i think sort of around the beginning of august when i i, I do these um these uh match outlooks for uh for a website uh, overseas uh and i started to notice that my predictions were becoming um more losses and less draws and wins uh i started to realize oh i've kind of already written these guys off i didn't even realize it and once i came to that realization Um, like I said, it was just like this great weight was lifted off my shoulders. And now that's not to say that if the team didn't go on a tear, I wouldn't be, you know, thrilled, but, um, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where I'm not, I'm not worried about it anymore. I just want to, I just want the team to get better. And to be a good team, and if that's not in the cards for 2017, then I, I want to start seeing the the stuff come together for next year. I'm not a Christ out guy because I don't think that you get anything by churning and churning and churning coaches left and right. You you mm. you know most likely if they if they do fire Jason Christ at the end of this year, it's 95% likely that the next coach isn't going to want to play any kind of a 4-4-2 or a diamond, and then you're looking at i don't have the right pieces and then you're looking at a completely new rebuild now some of the pieces will fit the new rebuild some won't and we'll start the process all over again so i'm more about let's let's see this through the house isn't completely built yet let's get the roof on let's get the doors the windows everything let's get the interior decorated and then so we'll see what it looks in- like the, the electricity installed yeah yeah we'll see what it looks like and see what happens, and. Um, you know, then uh, we'll, we'll go from there. But, yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not I'm not I don't have the weight of those expectations anymore. So I can sit back and be a little bit more positive than, you know, the people that are just there are people in a timeline, Dave, that are just miserable. There's no oh, I know. And I and I don't you know, I, I was like that. Uh, I used to I used to live and die. Uh, in my younger days with, with every (laughs) loss and every draw and everything that bad that happened. And, and now I I think maybe I've reached that, that ripe old age where I can look back and go, you know, it's, it's a journey. You want to see the victories. You want to see the the championships. You want to see the trophies, but it's, it's a game. It's not the end of the world. I'm not going to let this control me emotionally. I'm not going to let it bring me down i'm not going to let it make me miserable i'm not going to make let it make me make other people miserable most right. importantly so i mean i'm i get it i get people are frustrated i get people are angry i get people want change now and they they want the, the losing to end we all want that it's just yep. the, the level of that some people are taking it is is uh, uh tiring i guess is a good word for it well,
1: as as you said, um, you know you may have reached that ripe old age. And as as we record this, uh, or I should say, when this uh, podcast drops, I will be less than 24 hours away from uh, moving one more notch up the ladder as far as age goes. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, I'm I'm kind of there with you. You know, when you're a fan or a supporter of teams, the ups and downs, especially. Uh, when you're younger it can kill you because it's means so much uh, and then as you know the weight of jobs and kids and all these other things and then it's just be you try to make this thing a joy in your life mm-hmm. and we um, and I and, and I say all that to make this other point in that um, what we do and uh, lest anybody think that you know we're making tons of money off of this Uh, we're not I'm not making any Uh, I do this because I want to do this I do this in my spare time Um, but even even given that um, and we are obviously we are supporters of Orlando City and we're supporters of the national teams and you know we we do all that out of love for the game Um, but just by fact of doing this, uh, having to go through and, and you know watch all the games and do analysis and write articles and do the podcast, um, you're it requires you to look at things on a realistic, more microscopic, you know macro-micro level, and and it it makes you it, it makes you a more realistic fan or supporter, and because of that you and I are able to sit there and go, okay, yeah, we're probably not going to make the playoffs, and that really sucks, and we would really hope that it does happen, but if it doesn't, we're prepared. And, you know, some people are like, you know, might think, ah, you guys are not, you know, passionate. No, absolutely not. Whenever we are watching these games, we are, you know, assuming that you're not in the press box, we are jumping up and down and yelling and cursing and doing everything else, just like everybody else. Um, But then we have to, after all that's done, we have to go... Uh, okay, let me go write about this. And so I think that you know the, that we have that we have that outlet to do that allows us perspective.
0: Yeah, it gives us a catharsis that m- most does. fans don't have. I mean, it's exactly it's, it's you know griping on the message board or on Twitter in 160 characters or whatever is 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 probably not as cathartic as it is to sit down and think about hmm what do I think of Krishna Gita's performance tonight? You know, or what do I, you know, and, in, in, you know, filling out the grades, looking at the statistics, thinking about what you saw on the field from him and and, and going with a little bit of your gut as well. and, and Coming up at,
1: with five takeaways, but, you all know, together, all the yeah. things that
0: we do, right. Yeah, and, and then doing this podcast as well is, is catharsis. The other thing, too, Dave, is that while – one team is disappointing me. I've got two teams that are not disappointing me right now in Orlando right. Pride and Orlando City B. So, I mean, kind of – I'm kind of like, okay, this part isn't working out of my whole entire macro view of, of the Orlando City organization. <laughs> but two-thirds of it are kind of doing it for me right now, you know? Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> and it's and, – and I know that we, we probably have, you know, listeners who, you know, maybe don't focus on the Pride and OCB. And, of course, we've told them many, many times, go watch. But you're absolutely right. I mean, so, um, you know, we have a weekend where, uh, okay, we we got the draw, but we also we had the pride go win and we had OCB go get a draw. And the week before, you know, we it it, it, pride is blowing people out, you know. Um, So it's you're, you're right. There's there's and since, you know, we have to especially doing this podcast, we have to, you know, go pay attention to every game so that we aren't idiots while we're on, you know, this podcast, you know, it it allows us the opportunity to see that grander view and, you know, kind of look from above and go, Oh, okay. Hey, you know, things aren't quite so bad. And, uh, you know, even though, like you say, this one part, uh, gosh, we really wish that was better.
0: Yeah. It's crazy, but you know, we do get that outlet and it it kind of tempers us a little bit. And plus if we just got on here every week and just complained for an hour, (laughs) who would listen to that? I mean, you know, we wouldn't want to. We wouldn't want to do it. <laughs> it, would, it would be terrible. You know, I, I listen to uh, a lot of podcasts actually, and one of my one of my favorite um, podcast uh, outlets does a Walking Dead uh, recap. And mm-hmm. uh, there are have been really bad seasons of Walking Dead when their their whole podcast was just horrible to listen to because it was just it was, like, I wasn't happy with the product and they weren't happy with the product. And then I had to listen to them, not be happy with the product. And that made me hate it even more. So, um, you know, so it was a little bit better last year, but, uh, yeah, that I, I get it. And I just don't, I don't think it's good listening to, to always be, I, I don't think you can always be happy. And I don't think you can always be down. I think you kind of have to be, uh, that was that word again, realistic, where you kind of right. like point out the good and you point out the bad. And I think that, that that's, uh, that's how you get there. But anyway, Dave, a 1-1 draw against Columbus Crew. The Crew only getting four shots uh, over the course of the 96 minutes. And uh, only mm. two of those on target. Unfortunately, one of those went in off of a set piece. Uh, anything can happen on a set piece. you got two mm-hmm. young uh, center backs in there. Uh, although they were not at fault uh, on the on the goal, uh, you had a forward Kyle Laren uh, he, he let his uh, man get inside of him and uh, right. just enough to to be able to nod the ball home and uh, unfortunately, the Lions were behind in the game at home. and uh, you I, I got a sense that the team was always looking like they might get that that goal and they finally did get that goal on mm-hmm. an unbelievable play. Uh, with krishna Gita Nutmeg, and the defender and Giles just, Barnes, make uh, the heck out of them yeah <laughs> uh, you know finally you know there was a lot of there was before the goal there were a lot of near misses uh, mm-hmm. free headers that went wide balls that went just over the bar um, maybe a, you know an offside or two by a hair and, and that kind of thing and it just it just you needed to be patient it was one of those games where the the team came in uh, the visiting team came in they were the bus was parked firmly their whole entire uh mo for the entire evening was going to be counter and defend Counterattack, defend mm-hmm. and they were hard to break down they had a lot of people back very organized lines and it it's one of those things where you have to be patient and continue to do the things that were being successful they finally did break through with the giles barnes goal and uh, and made it one one they just were never able to quite get that second goal uh, a little bit of a setback early in the game, Will Johnson gets hurt. Um, turns out it, it, it was an ankle problem. Uh, it could have been much, much worse, so he went knee to knee with uh, Wyland with, uh, Francis. And uh, so I thought, man, if he's out with a knee injury, uh, that's that's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out he only he hurt his ankle and uh, not sure if he if he got it the first time and then re-injured it when Will Trapp fouled him. Uh, but the, the second hit was uh, was all that all that she wrote for Will. Will had to go off. Now here is my my thinking at the time was, let's get Dylan Powers out there, man. Let's get Dylan Powers on the field. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, no, we didn't get that. We no, it did uh, not. We we went. He went to Krishna Gita, and uh, I was not in favor of that move. I will say that I, I thought that was the wrong move. I thought, well, you know, Will's been Will's Will's playing kind of a more forward thinking role. I don't think that Christian is the guy to, to replace him. But I gotta admit, Christian played un Christian like Saturday night. I mean he was in the box two times within like the first five minutes he was on the field. Uh he was getting forward. He was not just looking to back pass and square balls all over the pitch like we've seen throughout the season. He was a danger man. He actually facilitated some offense, Dave. He had the assist on the goal. He did. He absolutely made a fantastic <laughs> move. He turned, and he, he won the ball and he, he ended up back in the play a little bit after that and, and slipped the ball through the, like I said, nutmeg the defender and yep. Barnes got the ball and, and made the, the shot and uh, beat Zach Stefan and made it one, one. And I thought, that a second goal, I really felt like a second goal was coming, and it just wouldn't come. I mean, if Dom would have scored on either the bicycle kick attempt or on that blast in the 94th minute, yeah. I don't think the new stadium would have survived it. I think the new stadium would be flattened. Uh, it it would have exploded like the Sept of Baylor in Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, it would just <laughs> instead of green, it would have been just a big purple flame. Just purple flame yeah. of fire yeah. as yeah. the fans
1: go nuts because Dom scores the winning yeah. goal. Yeah, yeah. It
0: would have been, well. been. It would have been. It would have just been. Amazing. The place would have exploded had Dom scored in his uh, return home, but uh, it was not to be. Dom brought a really, really good energy back to the field with him, though.
1: Oh, as soon as he hit the field, it was a much-needed boost, and you could tell the difference. I mean, just the energy he brought. It was uh, it brought everybody back up. The attack was renewed. I mean, uh, on the night, I mean, 20 shots, seven on target. Um, you know, not for Tom, but for the team, obviously. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, and then when he went and ripped the the, the mask off, I mean, just, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I he mean, had enough of much
1: it. More, right, yeah, I know. But I mean, how much, <laughs> I mean, how much more, you know, drama and excitement can you you know expect from that man i you know i, I he's he's going to reopen the account for orlando city uh, soon there's there's just no way that that doesn't happen um he's getting too many chances he's too dangerous he's too passionate mm-hmm. um it, it's going to happen um so uh I, and i i look forward to and i really really hope it's uh, uh, this coming week, so that it's it's in front of uh, Orlando City uh, fans. But uh, on um, Higita and and Barnes, uh, you know the combo that did score the goal. Like you said, Higita coming out and pressing for it, and making passes, even making some guys look silly. And then and then Barnes, uh, you know coming in, uh, basically playing the number ten position for Kaka, who you know was out on the red card and and playing very well. They the thought that went through my head was those guys are playing for their jobs.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think they played like they needed that win. I think they played like this is our chance. This is our opportunity to, to close some ground and make mm-hmm. it back, you know, and, and make ourselves put ourselves back in a position to to get in the playoff chase. And, you know, now that we've made the moves and the windows closed and we've had a, a week to, to train together, although Dom was out most of the week waiting for his mask to be completed um it was it was it was just for me personally it was satisfying to see that kind of performance for for the course of basically a whole game i think columbus had a little bit um in in the middle of the first half they had a a little bit of control of the game but other than that i really thought orlando city controlled the majority of that game got them got the (laughs) <laughs> no, no pun intended, un, which is unusual coming from me. But uh, <laughs> the lion's share of the uh, chances and possession, um, and and the dangerous opportunities, despite the fact that, that Columbus was playing in that type of of uh, of manner, and it was it was always going to be difficult to get goals against them the way they were playing. And and, and honestly, since they've changed formations, uh, they've ha- they've they've had a lot of success defensively. So um, it was always going to be difficult. And I thought Orlando was. They they really did look likely to get a second after that first one that just never materialized, which was unfortunate because it's just one of those things where I thought, you know, if they could just break the glass, you know, the dam will just burst and maybe they'll, you know, get two or three the way they're playing. And uh, they could have. I think Zach Steffen made a heck of a a save on Dom in the stoppage time um i think he i think he may have, he, i think that was the save he was up for save of the I mean, he might have been up for save of the week for that i'm not sure i can't remember but if he uh, wasn't he probably should have been uh but he was like i he, i think he was on mls uh team of the week bench i think for his performance in that game so mm-hmm. um you know hats off to him it's it's unfortunate it's So we've seen so many players raise their game against us uh, this year and become like goal of the week candidates and save of the week Mm. candidates, uh, and that's the kind of things that have been have just been happening to the Lions. But um, uh, unfortunate, Will Johnson hurt two to four weeks is out. Um, We, uh, what do you make of Kaká being in the wall, Dave? I liked it. I, you know, I've, I've seen that there
1: was criticism of that. I, I call BS on that. I think, <laughs> uh, you know what? Okay. He could go down and he could be, you know, um, you know, I don't know if he can be on sideline, but he could, he could be down there, you know, with the team or behind them or whatever and, and, and not on the field and do all that. But you know what, him going up into the wall, not that they need any extra motivation, but when, you know, Kaká shows up and is banging on the drums and and is is out there with you. How cool! I actually had um, we're all familiar with Mark Johnson, our, our good friend Mark Johnson. Well, he was at the game and his um, his future mother-in-law was could see Kaká because she was on the wall uh-huh. from where she was standing. I took a picture and he's he's texting me during the game showing me. But he's like, look, Kaká's on the wall, and you know so. There's there was people that weren't even on the wall that were excited about him, not you know, him being on the wall. Yeah. So I, I, for me, I think it was a, a, it was a, a beautiful thing. I, if anybody ever gets a red card and even if it's a stupid red card, I don't care if it's a home game. Whatever player you are, go up on the wall, support the team, be there with the supporters. Um, I thought it was beautiful. I'm sure there's people that are eh, he should got a red card. He should nah, B.S. Get up there, show support for the team and for the supporters.
0: Yeah, I think if you're if you're anti Kaka in the wall, um, you might want to just check to see if you, there's any joy in your life whatsoever. Um, <laughs> because, OK, I get it. OK, people are saying, well, he, put, he he cost himself a game and potentially the playoffs because he did something silly. He shouldn't be up there. But you know what? Maybe he felt like he owed that to the fans. Maybe he felt right. like, you know what? I got suspended and I yes it was the world's dumbest suspension that should never have happened and and in a, right. in a in a just and fair world that he would have been on the field rather than in the stands but he couldn't control th- the fact that they did pull the red card out he could not control that he could not control the fact that the team uh decided hey we don't think we have a good chance of overturning this we're not going to peel it so at that point what's your next move to sit at home and watch it on tv uh, to sit in the press box or the the, the the owner's box and watch it. Or, you know what, let me give something back to the fans. I felt like I let them down. I'm going to make it up to them. And actually, I'm going to see what it's like to to walk in their shoes. What is it, you know, what do they see? What, when they watch me play, what are they seeing from their perspective? A- and how is this affecting them? A- and and all of that. And I, I have to tell you, as somebody who's been in the wall, it's, it's not a an experience that you can describe to somebody you have to experience. And I, I think you're right. I think anytime there's a player who's either not dressed or a player that's uh, suspended or even injured, go up and, you know, stand with the wall. Stand with the wall.
1: Absolutely. I'm getting chills thinking about it. And I've been, I've, you know, the, the game I went to earlier, I got to go up to the wall and you're right. Um, everybody go do it at some point, go stand on the wall. It's unbelievable. And, uh, the fact that he did it, I love every bit of it. Um, Everybody should do it, including players. Like you said, if you're not dressing, go up to the wall, be there with the fans, see what they see, feel the energy, um, you know, cause they're going to, there is no doubt that this, you know, coming week when he's down on the field, he's not going to be thinking about that and how, how that energy, I mean, they, cause the players talk about feeling the energy from the, the you know, the fans uh, while they're on the field. And now he knows what it's like to be in the middle of that. There's yeah. no way it's not going to motivate the heck out of him to go out and play that much
0: harder. He's one of the most famous athletes on the planet, Dave. Right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, soccer is not the biggest sport in our country, but you have to remember it's that. the biggest he, in the world. He can go into any airport in the entire world and get mobbed, any yep. airport. And he didn't have to do what he did, but he went and walked a mile in the fan's shoes. And I, I respect that, and I applaud that. And and like I said, if it, you might be missing the fun bone out of your body if you didn't like that very much.
1: So, yeah, go um, go watch some SpongeBob SquarePants <laughs> and or something. It's you know some Bugs Bunny. Find find something because if, yeah you're right. If that doesn't do it for you, then there's something wrong.
0: All right, so good on Kaka and uh, he'll be back uh, next week uh, against Vancouver. Um, Dave, you're man of the match for uh, Columbus at Orlando City.
1: Man, this was a tough one because I was in between uh, uh, Barnes and Nagita just, uh, you know, because both of them, you know, stepped up big versus, you know, expectations. Uh, In the end, I'm going to go with uh, Barnes just because he had that uh, pinball goal, um, you know, and he was filling in for uh, the man that was manning the wall um which is not an easy thing you know filling in for kaka is not an easy thing to do so Mm -hmm. for me um barnes is going to get it it was very tough though you know given that the man that you know nutmeg that ball to him for the assist was akita but uh yeah for me it was going to be giles
0: yeah i i did the grades this week and i thought akita and for me for me akita and barnes was a coin flip and um I, i love the energy both of them brought i i love the way that uh that, you know, the scrappiness that Higita brought. I love the the fact that Barnes ran at people and took guys on and showed a <laughs> lot of heart and got a lot of – led the team in shots uh, and really took that offensive mantle from Kaká to heart and and, uh, and decided he was going to be an offensive force for good uh, in this game. And, and, you know, we've seen him disappear from games, but in this game yep. he didn't disappear at all. He was re- right there in the forefront mixing it up. Uh, he didn't play a perfect game. I, don't, I wouldn't say anybody played a perfect game. Uh, so for me, the, the best players on the field were, I thought Dom Dwyer uh, had a great game. Uh, I thought that Yoshimar Yotun had a, a really good first half, but maybe mm-hmm. uh, didn't quite, it still quite isn't quite up to 90 minutes, although, you know, good for Yoshi to, uh, to be versatile and go play left back at the end. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, so Igita played great. And, and, and Barnes played great. And I thought between those two, for me, and, and I thought also Carlos Rivas was quite good. Um, I, I'd say flip a coin. And since Barnes scored the goal, I gave him the nod. So, uh, Giles Barnes, you're unanimous this week. Good job. All right. All right. Um, so, uh, we've had the you know Orlando City against Columbus recap. Uh, Orlando City B was also in action because um, August is – triple game day, Saturday month of the year. (laughs) We've got another one coming up this week. OCB went to play with not unbeaten in nine. Uh, They went to Charlotte to play the first place. Eastern conference team the Charlotte independence. And uh, they got a one, one draw against a very good team on the road. And um, I will not pretend to say that uh, OCB uh, was uh, played them very evenly. Because uh, every you know, I was trying to watch both games at once, and every right. time I looked at every time I looked at my stream of the OCB game, uh, Earl Edwards Jr. was under fire. But right. uh, in the end, you know, I thought Anthony Pulis did a good job of of going in there and rotating his squad a bit, and it looked like one of those games where it's like, okay, let me just get some kind of result from this lineup <laughs> on the road against this team, and. Damn, if he didn't do it, Dave, he went in there. And I, I looked at that and went, okay, he's going to take his lumps so he can maybe try to hopefully get something out of the Louisville game. But, no, he he went up there and he got a, a Haji Berry penalty. Uh, Haji earned the penalty and scored the penalty. And, uh, unfortunately, they gave the, the, the goal back a few minutes later um, on just an unfortunate unfortunate bounce in the box. And uh, I, I will say this because it bears saying, and it, you know, if you think I can't say anything negative about the team – Rafa Ramos was standing around guarding nobody on the goal. Um, right. But, uh, one, one against Charlotte and uh, very, very resolute defending and just a fantastic game for Earl Edwards Jr. Uh, so, uh, congrats right. to Anthony Pulis. They are now unbeaten in 10 games. That's nothing to sneeze at Dave. 10
1: matches unbeaten. I mean,
0: if, if you would
1: t- let, if let's go back 10 matches, uh, and, Because I know that at some point in there, we were talking uh, about uh, Ant and what he's supposed to be doing versus what he's not supposed to be doing. And people were complaining and
0: this and that. Have you heard anything recently? Uh, No, not recently. It's been very quiet. It's been very quiet on the uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, criticism. I I look at it this way. I I look at if you go back 10 (laughs) games and you switch the records and OCB getting losses and draws and Orlando city is three Oh and seven in their last 10, then I would say a lot of people would be pretty happy because Orlando city right now would be above the line.
1: <laughs> exactly right. And that is exactly my point. So, I mean, um, you know, nobody is, we're not hearing anything on that regards because if you can go unbeaten in 10, uh, well, especially in a development squad with things that are changing all the time and we've been over, you know, plenty of times, uh, you can't, ex- uh, I don't, I don't know what more you can expect, you know, from TMI. Okay. Sure. You could expect more wins, but you know, realistically I, uh, on the road against yeah. the top team and you come away with a, a one, one draw. Yeah. Great.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's what you, that's what kind of amazes me about, you know, you look at this streak for OCB is that, yeah, there's a lot of draws in that, in that three Oh and seven and 10. Those but quality but, teams. Yeah. It, Arguably, their their toughest stretch of the entire season in terms of the quality of opponents. In fact, it doesn't stop because they're going to Louisville City. And even though Charlotte is in first place in the Eastern Conference, I think Louisville City is the best team in the Eastern Conference. They've played fewer games. So uh, if they make up those games in hand, they could easily be up there with Charlotte or ahead of Charlotte. So I, I think that by the end of the season, Louisville City is either finishing first or second in this conference, in my opinion. They're a very good team, very well coached. And um you know they they don't have the the mls2 moniker to uh to have to develop and, and have uh, ever shifting lineups so i think that louisville city is uh you know probably if you had asked me before the season started they would be one of my two or three top teams in terms of uh, handicapping the usl championship race uh so uh this will be another very very difficult one for ampulis and company uh before they get to come home again and um you know, hopefully they can make it eleven. I was going to say, and yet, funny enough,
1: I, I'm not saying I'm not worried. I'm not saying they're going to win, but if they go up there and they get a result, I'm also not going to be surprised.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so uh, hopefully they'll uh, they'll be able to do that, and uh, they will, um, you know, go for eleven. And, and whether that's four zero and seven or three zero and eight, doesn't matter to me. Get go up there and get a, a result, and that'll be awesome. Um, be happy. Uh i would be very happy if that happened. Oh yes. So, <laughs> so, uh you know, it's it's the USL is is basically two leagues in one right now. In that right. you've got these developmental teams and then you've got the teams that we remember from the USL where mm-hmm. you're trying to you're trying to build a winner with veteran players and, and professionals and, and find the, the right combination of of guys and, you know, spend as much as you can and that kind of thing. Uh, as much as the league allows and, and, and try to field the best team possible and then develop that team into a, you know, a cohesive unit. There's nothing cohesive about the, the two teams. And yet it's nice to see that Orlando cities has been able to compete with those other teams and, and really um, difficult situations. So uh, kudos to Anthony Pulis. the people that thought that he should be fired at the beginning of the season, I thought were ridiculous. And I, and I think that's, sort of uh, being demonstrated.
1: It's almost like uh, what we were saying earlier in the season is, is coming to fruition. Actually, it's better than what we said. We said, hey, you know, his job is to develop for MLS squad and, you know, results are nice, but you know, it's not important. Well, guess what?
0: We're getting both. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll be back next week to talk about the the Louisville City trip. And we've had some some uh, some pretty rough games against them. Uh, yeah. These these last two years. But I mean, again, Louisville City has been one of the one of the real class teams in uh, in the US. Absolutely. They you may recall they were Orlando City's affiliate club uh, just a couple of years ago. So if you really think about it, that franchise was the Orlando City franchise in the USL here. And it moved to Louisville, essentially. Right. It was essentially, Orlando City built a new club. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, once it was accepted into MLS. So um, the franchise that was here, even though none of the real, you know, the players or anything are, are the same, but uh, that was the same, same franchise. So, you know, it's got a little bit of a, of a horseshoe, a little golden horseshoe in its pocket. (laughs) So uh, Louisville city is tough. And uh, hopefully the, the, the young lions will go up there and get, uh, get themselves a result. It's uh, it's been really fun to watch all the different combinations and all the different players that people has watched. So, um, so there you go. We've talked about the Lions. We've talked about the uh, young Lions. We're going to talk about the Pride in a little bit because we've got two guests on this 100th episode of the Mainland Podcast. Uh, and we're going to get to our first guest, and uh, we're very excited to talk to him. Uh, we'll come up with that guest right after this. All right, joining us here on this 100th episode of the Mainland Podcast. Very pleased to have with us Orlando City General Manager Nikki Budalic. Nikki, uh, thanks for joining us on the Mainland Podcast.
2: Thanks for having me, guys.
0: So I wanted to start off by uh, saying, uh, you know, the, the with the window closing, the summer transfer window closing. Uh, I wanted to ask, you know, how excited are you to have been able to brought in not only an MLS all-star, but also a, a designated player uh, level player like uh, Yoshimar Yotun?
2: Obviously we were pleased um, with our window and, and being able to attain two of our top targets. Um, you know, it was a, a pretty active and, and busy window for us. Um, you know, it, it, the work for it started very, very early in the late winter, early spring. Uh, and uh, um, we were fortunate to uh to uh, address a couple of areas that we really wanted to reinforce.
1: Oh, um, of course, uh, you know, you guys made the big splash with, with Dom, uh, first, um, you know, the, uh, the faithful already, already knowing him and everything he can do. And, uh, I, you know, i I, I know that's, going to be a good one the uh when you brought in yoshi of course uh a lot of people went scrambling for their uh laptops and and google uh to figure out who it was um you know and you know with only you know a couple games we can already see i think we're seeing what what you guys obviously saw um in him um how long was he on the radar and and what was it that uh you know commit you guys to finally pull the trigger on that
2: yeah um with, with Yoshi, we, we, he came to our attention um, actually early last year, we uh, were looking at um, uh, providing uh, bringing in another left back and, and pushing Brexichet forward. And uh, Yoshi kind of came up when we were uh, looking at different profiles um, uh, in different mm-hmm. leagues. So we started tracking him, um, had the chance to watch him live uh, a couple of times during pre Copa America uh matches and friendlies and then that's the Copa America itself and um it was uh it was interesting to watch him with the national team versus his club team um where he was playing uh as a left back with his club team and then uh in central midfield uh with the national team and you could really see the the versatility and the variety of his skill set um and we actually attempted to bring him in uh last year uh, a couple times and even earlier this year and uh fortunately we were able to uh to agree terms uh, with his club uh, during this window.
0: Uh, Nikki. Uh, you know, in addition to bringing in Dom, bringing in uh, Yoshi, bringing in Dylan Powers, it was a very active window for you guys. But were there any areas that you really wanted to address in this window that, that just didn't quite, all the pieces didn't quite come together for you?
2: Well, I think you're always looking to, to, to reinforce the team and upgrade. Uh, at every position uh, and if there's an opportunity to do that you, you you look to do it but uh especially in, in the middle of the season um your your resources are limited so um you try to prioritize the areas um you want to improve that you think will have the biggest impact on the team and um those were were the areas we felt we wanted to address
1: now uh, uh talking about dom it uh Everything that uh, we've heard is that uh, it was a bit of moving heaven and earth to to make it happen. Um, you know, you describe uh, some of the the challenges and the hurdles that uh, had to be overcome to to make that happen.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a, a long and difficult process. Anytime you're you're trying to uh, compete with other teams to attain a valuable asset, and um, of course SKC had to be convinced. Um, to, 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 to part ways with him, um, it wasn't it wasn't easy, and I think the way we structured the deal made it that much more complicated with uh, with the league. And um, you know, it's, uh, it took a lot of a lot of phone calls, a lot of conference calls to, to figure out how and, and we could achieve uh, the goal. And once we realized we were we were close uh, on both sides, and uh, um, fortunately, we were able to uh, to come up to an arrangement that uh, both sides were 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 agreeable.
0: Nicky, one of the names that always pops up every transfer window uh, is Kyle Laren. Of course, the Orlando City fans uh, worried that he's going to be moving on. Were there any formal offers for Kyle in this summer window, and, and was there any real danger of him ever being moved in this window?
2: Um, yes, there have been formal offers um, that we started to receive at the beginning of the summer. Um, yeah, I wouldn't to say that it was in danger of moving. I, I would say No. Um, just because it was always our plan and, and our ambition to to succeed this year, and Kyle was a big part of those plans. Um, of course, you can never say never uh, in the transfer window. Um, depending on how the offers came, but I don't think that any of the offers were anywhere close to um, make, motivating us to consider moving him.
1: Well, we've uh, you know touched on uh, uh, Dom and and, and Yoshi. Um, uh, tell me about the uh, the power um Obviously, sending. Uh, gill uh away uh you know there was a bit of uh, um disappointment in the in the in the minds of the fans uh surrounding gill um uh how is uh how are we looking at uh, powers as and and potential upgrade um you know and and i know the the fans are going to want to know are, are we getting the better of this deal sure well i guess only time will tell
2: but you know with gill i think um we always knew that he was a player that was looking to regain form, having gone um, a period of time without playing regularly. So there was going to be that period of adjustment. Um, And I think he was a little bit unfortunate um, from the perspective of of shifting different formations and and asking to do different things. Um, You know, with regards to to powers, we just took it as an opportunity to um, uh, try to improve the team over a longer term. You know, we knew that Gil was here on loan for the rest of the year. Um, and it would be difficult to, um, uh, procure him permanently. So, um, we, when the opportunity arose to acquire powers, who is somebody different, um, uh, similar type roles, but, uh, different skill sets, um, we felt that the, the opportunity to add powers would benefit us over a longer term.
0: What was the, uh, likelihood or possibility, um, uh, of getting Juan Quintero in, in that window, the, the he was obviously a very big name in, in the rumor mill.
2: right. Um, yeah, well we 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 were looking at several uh, bigger profiles and targets that don't necessarily um, come up in the press. Um, I can't comment specifically on him, um, but in general, um, you know anytime you're going after a high profile player you're 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 competing with. Uh, a lot of different teams from, from over here and, and also abroad. And um, it uh, sometimes works in your favor and, and other times it doesn't. So um, it is an area that um, we are looking to improve in the attacking midfield position and um, hopefully we'll be able to address that in the offseason.
1: Now, I know that, uh, you know, from the outside, everybody's looking at uh, what moves are being made to, to bring people into the organization. Um, but I'm, I'm curious about the um, the processes as, as far as, um, obviously, you have uh, OCB and you have the, uh, the development of players down there and, and people that we're mm-hmm. are eventually hoping to bring up to the MLS squad. Um, how does that... Uh, ebb and flow go with uh, the development of what's going on in OCV o- o- B- between you know people like um, Richie lorea or you know Pierre de Silva versus you know going out and getting somebody you know more experienced than now where's that uh, how, how do you juggle that well it's, it's difficult
2: and it's a constant process of, of analyzing and reviewing I think uh, it, it's really important uh, to have uh, players coming from different sources you can't rely Solely on the international market, There's, we have limited resources uh, and limited international spots, so um, it is vital, um, and we, we we do take it seriously. I think you know we we showed it last year with with Tony and Mikey uh, progressing through OCB, and I think um, it was really important for Richie to to get those games this year and and have some continuity uh, of matches to, to get to the point where he is now, uh, where he can contribute uh, to the first team, and it's also a conscious decision. Uh, on the part of the first-team staff uh, to integrate these players and give them opportunities. Um, so, yeah, with, with Richie, it's, it's worked out a little bit sooner. With Pierre, he continues to, to show uh, his quality at that level. And um, in my opinion, it's only a matter of time until he's able to to, to break through at the MLS level.
0: Nicky, what uh, is the plan moving forward uh, with regards to Kaká? Because he's he's a guy that's not he's not getting any younger, but he still plays at a high level uh, when he's when he's fully fit, and uh, he's a guy that uh, you know clearly could help the club. But uh, have, have you started to have discussions, or is that something tabled till the end of the season, or what's going on with that?
2: Yeah, I know there's been discussions for sure. Um, you know, our club uh, has a great deal of respect for uh, Kaká and what he's accomplished both in his career and also here, and um, you know, it, it's a complicated situation where we have to take into account both sides. And I think, uh, there's a, there's a genuine, uh, and honest uh, discussion happening right now, um, to see what, what makes sense and what works for, uh, for everyone.
1: Oh, um, and you may or may not be able to answer this one. Um, you know, like Michael said that I, I know there were, there were probably, uh, places or, spots that you are looking to fill that maybe you didn't um what uh what positions what what needs do you see um that still need to be to be plugged in to uh uh complete the puzzle or at least get the puzzle closer to being you know completed
2: you know i i don't think it's a straightforward answer i think you know with um with a lot of the turnover that we've had we're trying to build um a style and a system that jason uh has envisioned and with that comes, uh, you need to go through the process of allowing the, the, the current players uh, to step in and prove whether or not they uh, can be part of the solution longer term. Um, you know, some players have gotten more chances than others, and you know, over time, we we try to uh, give everyone a chance to see who can be part of that solution. So, um, I don't think it's as straightforward as saying it's this position or that position. It's just a, it's a matter of seeing who can step up and and prove that they are part of uh, our long term. Uh, plans here, and then we'll uh, we'll assess that. Um, we have been assessing that, and um, in the off season, we'll, we'll we'll be forced to make some decisions on on current players, and then decide which areas we feel um, we can improve on.
0: If I could switch gears for a little bit, uh, Nikki, I wanted to to ask you about the Pride with uh, with Maddie Evans retiring and in an international slot opening up when Laura Alloway departed. Should we expect any additions as the the Pride uh, head into their uh, playoff stretch here?
2: Yeah, um, you know, we we, we were uh, hoping to reinforce um, a couple of of positions uh, since the, the summer window. Um, unfortunately, a couple of deals fell through and, and didn't work out. We are actively looking to uh, to bring in some depth for sure um, to replace Maddie and Laura, um, but
1: uh, our time is running out. We'll, we'll have to see. Well. Keeping with the pride, um, obviously, you know, we knew uh, Alex was going to be gone for the first part of the season and, uh, you know, bit of a, a, a slightly big signing uh, getting Marta, um, mm-hmm. you know, that one kind of rocked everybody a little bit, uh, of course, in a good way for us. Um, and and we're now finally um, seeing, uh, you know, what the two of them can do together. Um, but of course, you know, we've commented internally that, uh, um, you know, Marta, uh, her salary is is less than some of the men's players who are not uh you know world player of the year five times um, sure. um obviously there's there's something else that's going into you know bringing somebody like that into uh you, you know into uh or, or the orlando pride what um you know i i know you might not be able to get specifics but um you know what, what type of carrots were you were you sticking out there to to bring in such a fantastic player well, of course, you know when a player of her stature is, uh,
2: you're trying to recruit someone of, of her stature. Um, it can't be simply a financial motivation because on that level we can't compete. But um, you know, given that she's coming towards the end of her career um, and seeing this as a place to settle down, um, you know, I think that was a, a major motivating factor for her. Um, the the vision of the project, the uh, infrastructure that we've created for the women's game here and for our, our, our women women's athletes, you know, I think she she appreciated and saw how much. Uh, Attention and uh, and how how important it is a part of our club. Uh, so those those things factor into it for sure. But the the, the longer term uh, contract, the longer term vision uh, of what we're trying to accomplish, and of course she has her own personal motivations with regards to sponsorships and endorsements and things like that.
0: Okay, Nikki. Before we let you go, I uh, just wanted to uh, to ask you one more question about uh, the club's positioning going into the off season. Obviously, uh, a lot of uh, money in terms of uh, MLS league record going into uh, the Dom Dwyer deal. How is the? Uh, we're hearing there may be some more allocation money coming from the league. How is the team positioned uh, allocation money wise going into the off season, uh, it both uh, you know general and targeted?
2: Yeah, so uh, I'm not at liberty to discuss um, uh, what the league is planning on doing with regards to to new allocation monies. Um, We do expect um, there to be uh, new monies, but until that's approved, um, we don't know exactly what we're working with. Uh, I'd say that the way that we we structured uh, the Dom Dwyer trade, um, it hasn't put us in any disadvantage uh, to make the moves that are necessary um, for next year.
0: Okay, that sounds good. Uh, Nikki. thanks so much for being with us here on our, our 100th episode of the Mainland Podcast. We we appreciate your time, and uh, good luck to you this season.
2: Thanks, guys. Anytime.
0: All right, man, it was great to uh, to talk to the general manager of Orlando City Soccer Club and uh, pick his brain a little bit and, and and get in there and see what's going on and, and how he viewed Uh, the summer window Dave so uh, I'm glad we were able to get him
1: yeah you don't uh, that kind of insight is is not something that we get every week Uh, like you say being able to to pick the brain you know behind the uh, all the moves that are going on so that was uh, I I personally found it really interesting and uh, I'm glad we had the opportunity and uh, yeah so I mean it's uh, and you know thanks to him for coming on and being with us.
0: Absolutely. It was uh, it was fun. I was uh, I always enjoy talking to general managers because it's, uh, <clears throat> you know, the coaches, they have their coach speak. General managers have their general manager speak. But you, you, know, you hear <laughs> from the coaches a lot, a lot more often than you hear from the GMs. But it's always good to, right. you know, get under the hood and see what's going on in the in the back channels. And, you know, some guys are more uh, forthcoming than not. You know, obviously they can't can't be tampering. So you can't talk about players that you didn't get, um, you know, uh, I got some more off the record stuff from from Paul McDonough when he was here that I couldn't use, but it, so that was kind of cool to to get a little uh, uh, you know chicharito news and stuff like that. So, um, good stuff there. It, I, I think that that Nikki did a great job this uh, this uh, summer window I, really the last two windows. You go out and you look and see. You know, if you look in the preseason, they addressed defense as much mm-hmm. as you could possibly address defense. You got in, a, you brought in a Spectre, a Toya, a Sutter, a PC. You re sign Alston for some depth. You re sign Hines for some depth. It you really bring in Johnson, yeah, I it mean, really shored up a lot of the defensive needs on the back line. You mentioned Johnson mm-hmm. you, as a as an additional defensive player, even and and who was able to actually fill in on the back line, even though he's not a mm-hmm. uh, a defender per se but uh it it was good that he did that he also brought in you know a a guy who didn't end up helping the club but you know on paper it looked like a good signing in Luis gill and Mm -hmm. um you know then he was able to parlay gill into a former uh league rookie of the year so uh we'll see what dylan powers can bring to the party i kind of thought we might see powers off the bench this past week but uh, uh not able to do that with the injury to will johnson and so forth so um you know, that that was a shame that we didn't get to see his debut in purple. So maybe we'll see him against Vancouver. Uh, but that was, you know, a good window in the offseason. And then, you know, to bring in an MLS All-Star, a designated player and then to upgrade, hopefully from uh, Gil, uh, maybe, you know, powers might fit a little better here than Gill did. Uh, I think that's a pretty good summer window, especially when, like he said, you're a little bit leveraged in the, in the summer window and challenged in what you can do. Um, summer windows are not usually quite so active.
1: I'm not saying that, uh, I'm certainly not complaining, I don't think that anybody should be complaining. I'm not saying that people won't complain. Uh, so I'm sure somebody will be like, oh, well, we should have but, you know, what, you know, no, you're right. I mean, if, like you say, when you when you run down the list over the last uh, two windows of, of what has been added to the team, it is hard uh, to feel anything but good about, um, you know, the direction they're moving as far as uh, personnel, so.
0: Having to keep it uh, not only that but having to keep in uh in mind all the tam and the gam and all that stuff oh and, yeah and uh and not only that but you gotta remember he's in charge of personnel for three professional soccer teams mm-hmm.
1: uh, and
0: you know including uh we'll talk about next is the the orlando pride um you know he, he uh he was part of getting marta and uh you know the, i think i can't I don't know that he'll be like uh, up for any executive of the year kind of awards, but I think that uh, you could say Nicky Budalich has done a hell of a job in the last year for this organization. It
1: would be very hard to argue against that.
0: All right. So let's talk about the pride, Dave. They went out uh, to try to win their third game in a row and to stay unbeaten in four and they go up to Boston. Uh, on the heels of a three nothing win against Washington and a five nothing win against Sky Blue, They go up to Boston. And Boston played kind of a rough kind of physical style at home. Um, they were able to knock people off the ball, get some possession. Uh, but the Pride were able to actually get the first goal through Alex Morgan, who is on fire uh since coming back to the pride took her a game or two to get her sea legs under her and uh, she's she's now really playing well and you know they they things were going quite well but you always thought this is a team that they were missing some opportunities and those are the kind of things on the road that can really come back to haunt you if you don't get that second goal and uh they finally did get the second goal through alex morgan uh, with Allie Krieger putting the ball up over the top on a free uh, free kick, and uh, Morgan with the, just a fantastic job to chest it down and then chip it over the goalkeeper. Uh, fantastic goal, and it was 2-0. And uh, from that point, it was just game management, seeing the game out. looked like it was going to be a third straight shutout for the Pride uh, until Jamea Fields made a foul in the sixth minute of the four minutes of stoppage time. And uh, <laughs> gave up a penalty, which was eventually scored in the eighth minute of the four minutes of stoppage time, uh, and the uh, final score was two to one. Uh, but a win, and uh, you know the the Breakers have not been good this year, but they've they've protected their home field probably as you know as well as a team in that kind of um, form could be expected to. They were three three and three going into that game at home, uh, so right. clearly a much tougher out at home than they are on the road, and the breakers uh, were very difficult. But, uh, you know, in the end, the Pride gets a third win in a row, stay above that playoff line, uh, thanks to the, the magic of Sam Kerr uh, bringing Sky Blue back from the absolute dead against uh, Seattle Reign. Yeah, that was, wow. <laughs> uh, so there, for those of you who don't know, the Reign were up 3-0 uh, in the second half. half, yeah, in the second half, and Sam Kerr uh, scored a hat trick to tie it up, and then the rain regained the lead, and <laughs> uh, they, tied well. they tied it again. They tied it again, and then um, Sam Kerr actually got a penalty, and uh, she missed it. She hit the crossbar, Dave, <laughs> and uh, then that was okay because she scored again in the run of play. Got four goals on the night, and uh, it was a uh, five-four. Sky blue victory over Seattle rain in New Jersey. And uh, that's what kept the pride above the line. So the pride uh, on a good role, Alex Morgan on a fantastic role right now. Uh, she was up for a uh, goal of the week. Not sure if that uh, was named today or not, as we record this, but uh, nice to see Alex uh, getting uh, noticed again. And um, she's all of a sudden up to what, eight goals, uh, seven goals, eight games. And uh, she's... That's she's.
1: Yeah, that's what, 10 goals to <laughs> one over the last three games.
0: Uh, so she's, she's scored a bunch of goals, two assists, seven goals, two assists, I think, since she's been back. So uh, she's definitely paying dividends and already surpassed her her total of last year of goals and uh, it really nice to see alex doing well and, and of course with marta uh on the team doing well everybody seems to be you know stepping up and it doesn't seem to matter if it's uh, chi Ubogagu or jasmine spencer getting the start it doesn't seem to matter who's uh who else is out there it seems to be camilla doing a good job marta doing a good job alex morgan doing a good job and sort of leading that Pack and the the back lines played extremely well and and uh, you know Aubrey Bledsoe and, played well for for the time that she was in there and now you got Ashlyn Harris back uh, winning uh, save of the week.
1: Yeah. So the, you know, save of the week uh, on the one time, she doesn't get the clean sheet and, you know, so, okay, two clean sheets and then, you know, save, of the save of the week. Oh, gee. Uh, that's, that's really, that's really tough to take. Uh, this is a team and we, we talked about it that when it got to this point in the season and Alex was back and Marta had settled in and they started playing that they, they could absolutely beat anybody. And wow. I mean, it's, if, if they don't get complacent and they just keep, if they keep focused, uh, I'll I'll stick with it. They they can beat anybody.
0: Yeah. And they're going to play on the road at FC Kansas City this weekend. And uh, then I think they play three in a row at home and then uh, go on the road for the final game. So I think they're as the season's getting ready to wind down here for the pride. um, They're going to have to take care of business against some pretty tough competition. They have uh, a game, I think, at North Carolina, I think is the last game. Uh, They still have Seattle and Portland at home. Those are two games they need to do well in. And mm-hmm. um you know if they can uh, if they can go out, if they can get a result in Kansas City come back and do well at home then they may make the playoffs for the first time in their history in only year 2 which is considering the start the season they got off to uh, no morgan mm-hmm. uh marta late getting in uh took a few games to gel and get ready and uh, get used to the league again and that kind of thing i think it's a you know it's a testament to Tom Sermani he's done a great job getting that team back together and uh, pointing it in the right direction absolutely All right, well, speaking of the Pride, we're going to bring in our second guest. That's right, two guests for this uh, episode number 100 extravaganza. Uh, You're going to really want to be around for this one, Pride fans. Uh, We'll get to that guest right here. Joining us on this 100th episode of the Mainland Podcast, very happy to have with us Pride Defender Allie Krieger. Allie, thanks for being with us.
3: Hi, thank you.
0: I'm honored to be a part of your 100th episode. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> obviously, uh, we're happy to have you uh, being big fans of both the Orlando Pride and the U.S. Women's National Team. Uh, I want to start out by asking you about uh, this recent hot streak that the Pride have put together. You guys are, are playing great <laughs> of late and uh, uh, just as someone who's been around since the beginning of the year and, and seeing the the ups and downs of the season, um, how has this run been for you? Uh, you know, h- having uh, the team what outscoring the opponents ten to one over the last three games.
3: <laughs> I love. Firstly, I love how you called it a hot streak. I'm definitely <laughs> going to use that now. But. um I I'm so uh, incredibly happy with um, how we've been performing and how the team's confidence has um, grown in the past few games. And um, even just looking at the beginning of the season, you know, obviously at the very beginning, everybody wants to win. And, and um, if you don't win, and you're not at the top of the table at the very beginning. then people think, oh, you know, it's going to be tough for them to, to get into the playoffs uh um, top four, but, you know, you never want to peak at the beginning of the season. I think that everything has happened for a reason for us, and I think everything has panned out the way that it's supposed to be, and I think we've handled ourselves really well, and we've won the games that we've needed to, and um, we've built our confidence, we've, we've built our team morale, and, uh, you know, we just come together, I think, perfectly at the right time. Now, yeah, obviously, we need to win uh, the next few games, and, you know, or, you know, a handful of these games in in order to be in the playoffs. But I think just with the confidence that we've built that we're continuing down this uh, really positive path uh, that we've created. And I think that it's just, um, you know, we take one game at a time, one week at a time, and just focus on every opponent and um, how we can, I guess, just uh, expose the weaknesses and continue to, to grow and get better and, and beat these teams and continue to climb the table because we do want to get in probably position one or two just to have two home games because the final will be in Orlando. So that will be really exciting.
1: Well, uh, Michael and I, uh, from the very beginning, talked about how the uh, the second half of the season kind of favored uh, the pride and, and, and look good for you guys. So uh, hopefully all the stars are lining up. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, though, um, obviously, you know, you guys take a hit. It, it, like you said, ups and downs. So Alex is out and then you get Marta, but then you lose Ashlyn. <laughs> so, um, yeah. you know, uh, I, I w- can you give me your thoughts on, on obviously on, on how uh, Audrey uh, was able to step in and then what it's like having uh, yeah. uh, Ashlyn back in goal?
3: Uh, Yeah, obviously, you know, it's really tough. It's obviously a roller coaster that uh, happens throughout the season. And, um, you know, you you never, you're, I guess, always prepared for it, but you're never expecting that, um, you know, the injuries and then, um, you know, maybe players not being available uh, at the beginning of the season, uh, like Alex and, um, you know, her going overseas. But um, I think that, you know, uh, the, the, the players who look such depth within the team as well. And I think the players who were called upon to fill those spots and fill those roles did their job um, perfectly. And I think that um, it got us to where we are now. So, uh, you know, obviously you never prepare for that to happen. Um, You're aware of it. But, um, you know, we we never really freaked out because we did have players who – did their job and played their role and, and um, got us to where we are now. And I think that um, we did that really well. And I think that players stepped up and were very professional, um, took, you know, took those positions and um, ran with it and proved uh, why they deserve to play at the highest level, why they deserve to play here uh, with Orlando and be a part of this team. So I think Aubrey, for example, which is a perfect example of, of um, what I'm trying to explain is that, you know, she, she's, a player that could play on any team in the NBSL. And, um, I think start for a lot of the other teams within the league and she's very professional. She did her job. She played her role. Um, she's very good. Uh, she stepped up and when we needed her and got the job done and helped us get to where we are now. And I think that obviously, um, you know, it's, it's great to see a player like that come in and, and do so well and, and, you know, do her part. And, um, and that's, that's what you have to do when you're called upon. You know, that's why players are here, and that's why we're playing at the highest level. And uh, you just have to trust your teammates and trust that they're going to do a good job and, and, and you know, do their part. But obviously, you know, having the leadership and, and the captain um, in Ashland back on the field uh, helps tremendously. Um, she's a world-class goalkeeper, and... Um, you know, the leader of our team and uh, the captain of our team. And so obviously having that leadership and that communication coming from the back um, is, is very good, having her back in, in that spot. It's just kind of, I think, lifts the confidence of the team uh, all together. But Aubrey obviously did such an amazing job, and I say this over and over again. Um, she could she could play for any any other team in the league, and, and she stepped in, and um, it, it, we didn't miss a beat. Honestly, we didn't miss a beat with her, uh, in the goal. So, um, she got, I don't know how many saves of the week, you know, I don't know if I should say you're welcome, uh, because that was maybe <laughs> some defensive airs on our part. Um, but you know, I, I think that she just did her part and she did what, you know, her job title is supposed to be. And that's to save goals and, and to jump in and, um, you know, play well. And she did. So, uh, it, it was great, you know, and, and obviously she's ready more than ever. And, um, and, uh, obviously having Ashland back has been, has been great for us. So that just builds our confidence
0: all together. You know, speaking of, of growing or uh, playing roles, uh, you've been asked to do a lot of things this year. You played some right back, you played some right center back. And, and now currently on this run, you've been playing left center back. Uh, what's it been like, uh, yeah. having, having Tom as a coach and, and, ha- and moving you around and, and, and what's that been like, uh, for you this season?
3: um it's, it's been great you know obviously I um it's fairly new to the left center back but you know I'm open to any position that he needs me to play and the team needs me to play because that's what um, first and foremost and the team comes first so um you know obviously he's uh, he trusts me in those positions and I'm you know um you know he'll tell me hey I need this from you or that and and I'm going to try to apply that to the game and do the best I can and, um I just want him to be able to trust me and I know he does and um you know, to believe uh, in me to play, play that, that position. So any position that I need to play as long, you know, as long as i want to feel I'm happy and um, I'm going to do my job. I'm going to do it well. And that's why I'm here. So, um, I think also, uh, playing for Tom, uh, even with the national team was incredible because he knows, uh, just, <laughs> I don't know. He just knows how to get the best out of players. each an individual. And he's, um, he's such an amazing coach and a great guy. And, um, I don't know, you look to the sideline, and uh, you don't feel this with a lot of coaches, I guess, but, um, you know, fortunately, I think I can speak for all of us, that we look to the sideline, and we want to, like, walk through a brick wall for him, and um, he he's, I don't know, done uh, and encouraged me so, so much, um, not only this season, but when I was on the national team, too, and coming back from an injury, and just encouraging me and motivating me and inspiring me to try and, um, get the best out of me um, and to push me a little bit and I, I think he knows how to do that with a lot of different players and um, that's that's something that you know not a lot of coaches have that ability and um, I really respect him and, and his decisions and um, you know um, you know we're all following him and, and um, we all are, are bought in and, and going after the common goals so um, I think he's done such an amazing job with, with our team and Um, I respect him so much, so, you know, all of us are really fighting not only for ourselves and our teammates, but for the coaching staff, and and I think he's done a great job of putting this team together only in the second year of of this team being a part of the league, so um, I think it's pretty incredible what he's done with this club so far, only in the second year, and um, maybe having limited options of, of personnel. Um, so I think credit to him and the coaching staff for really getting us to where we are and getting everybody on the same page. So I can't say enough good things about him, but I know for a fact that all of us have gone through a brick wall for him and, um, do as much as we can to, to win, um, not only for the team, but for him.
1: Well, I'm glad you mentioned, uh, you know, personnel, because, uh, obviously as Michael mentioned, you know, you doing different positions but also you know taking a leadership role um on the defense um you know being an experienced player i'm I'm curious who uh who among your teammates in the the defense that um is impressing you with their play who who are you looking at and saying this young player oh this this person is somebody special they have something special who who is it that's that's doing that for you
3: well, um, you know, I think I think all of our defenders are are, are really good, and, and they all bring different um, aspects to the table and different, um, I guess, um, magic. I would say, and um, you know, different skills. So I can't like pinpoint and say, oh, this person is like incredible, but um, I think all of us kind of bring something to the table that that fits perfectly together. That all of us can kind of jump in and, and play really well together, and I think. Um, that's what helped that's what has helped us this past uh this season just because um you know there has been a few changes there has been personnel changes and people have jumped in and out of the you know starting lineup and in the back line specifically and obviously moving positions for me personally and then other people as well um you know but everyone has been so professional about that and kind of jumped in and done their job just like i was speaking about before um but i know that like steph catley um uh, is is an incredible outside back, probably the best left back in the world. Um, I could say that confidently right now. Um, and I think that I I, I think uh, she's been she's been really really great uh, this season, and just so dynamic in our attack, and obviously defensively in one v one. I really trust her. I mean, I trust all of all of my teammates, but um, I think that she's really stuck out for me uh, as well. And then just you know, players stepping in uh, when they're called upon, Um, you know, when there's different lineups that we have and when we play a lot of games in one week, you know, players are stepping up and doing their job. And that's impressive to me as a whole. But as a leader, you know, obviously, um, I I really love that role because, uh, you know, I try to lead by example, but I don't. I don't need a captain's armband to to be a leader on this team and to, to help this team succeed. I'm, I'm just going to do that naturally. So um, I really feel confident in that, and I'm just I've been really impressed with everyone's attitude um, to to want to win, to want to succeed, and to want to just continue to get better every single day. That's something that's very that's very impressive to me uh, with this group of of, of women.
0: Allie, before we let you get out of here, just uh, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about your your experiences with the U.S. Uh, women's National Team. Um, just first, a couple uh-huh. a couple quick uh, thoughts on um, on Christy Pierce, who who may or may not be retiring at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. You've obviously played with her; she's been yeah. such a huge part of the U.S. Yes. Women's program. What what has it meant to you to have been her teammate over the years? Um, it is.
3: Yeah, just to it up, it's been a dream. Um, You know, I learned so much from her. Being the, uh, you know, leading up to the 2011 World Cup when I had to play right back next to her when she was right center back, she she helped coach me a lot and just showed me um, how to be professional and how to work hard and um, and get what you want and and just I guess just help um, lead me in that position. um, So to speak, like she she really. Uh, helped coach me in that spot and I I, I just ap- appreciate her efforts so much and just um, what an incredible teammate she is an incredible captain um, and just an ultimate leader honestly and everything that she, do, that she does from like family to football to just her lifestyle um, and it's such a healthy positive lifestyle to live and I respect her so much because of that and I I always think of just Superwoman. That's the word that comes to mind. And I've said this so so often before, even in interviews or video clips of her. And I'm just like, you know, just to describe her in one word is just Superwoman. And um, she really is that. She embodies um, just how to be a true professional and everything that that she does. And um, she helped me so much. I looked up to her and, you know, first coming on to the national team. So I obviously respect her so much and appreciate everything that she helped me through when I was a young player, you know, coming up through through the ranks. And um, I, I really looked at her for as just, like, a, a really great leader in, in that role. So um, she's wonderful, and I can't say enough good things about her.
0: The final question I have for you is a two-parter um you just had the Tournament of Nations. You're two caps shy of 100 for your career mm-hmm. with the U.S. Uh, I just want to get yeah. a sense of is, of whether or not that's actually something that's very important to you and uh, and something mm-hmm. that you, you'd like to achieve. And then the second part of the question is, how mm-hmm. aggravated will you be to be called up for friendlies that are taking place the week of the NWSL final if the pride are in the final? well i'd be
3: like hard pass joe come on your your favorite florida team uh you know uh is in the final so i that's you know i mean she would definitely understand um and that's that's obviously on the back burner we can't think of that um right now but i'm sure she would want us to be um in the final um you know because that's I don't know. I can't speak for her, but I'm just assuming now. But um, you know that that would be wonderful. Any anytime I'm called upon to play for my country, it's an honor. It's an absolute honor. I am um, always ready. Um, I'm I'm prepared in, in every way possible. And it's uh, you know the, the best team in the world. So I any time that I you know I'm called up to the national team, I, I can't wait to be a part of that. Um, but also like uh, you know the the whole caps and the 98 caps thing. Yes. It's, it's in my mind. It's in the back of my mind, but um, that's not everything to me. And uh, I don't, I don't play for that team and put on the USA Jersey because I want to get to this amount of caps. You know, for me, it's, it's about putting on the Jersey and playing for the best team in the world and to win. I, I love playing at the highest level and the whole hundred caps I have. Yes. I'm too shy to win hundred, but honestly I, I'm not counting. Um, uh, yeah. It's there. It's, I see it, but um, that's not why I put on the jersey, and that's not why I say yes to every camp that I'm invited to. Um, And and I think that, you know, everyone has to understand that. um, That it's it's important, and it it would be amazing for my career um, because it's so close, um, and and that's just such an incredible achievement for anyone, for any player at the highest level. That's exactly um, something that, you know, is, is wonderful to have in the back pocket, but it's not everything. And I think that, um, you know, I, to, to understand me is I love to play at the highest level because I'm competitive, I'm determined, and I want to win um, anytime I, I'm out there. And I want to represent my country with pride. So um, that, that's what's most important to me.
0: All right, Allie Krieger, Orlando Pride and U.S. Women's National Team Defender. Thank you so much for being with us on the Mainland Podcast, and good <laughs> luck to you the rest of the season.
3: Thank you. Thanks, Allie. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you guys are fans. Talk soon.
0: All right, well, David Rowe, the uh, episode number 100 of the Mainland Podcast is in its stoppage time, as it were, and uh, we are winding down here in our, uh, our you know, milestone episode. Uh, but I don't want to go. It, but it's been an incredible journey when you think about uh, right. the GM, Nikki Vidalich, and the uh, the wonderful Ally Krieger here on the show this week, so crazy crazy stuff um we're getting some late word about some kind of a ruckus ilf four match ban from going to atlanta away matches uh and and that's part of the mailbag and i we don't really have any comment on it for this week because we don't really have all the details this is apparently something that's just breaking while we're we're uh you know recording the show so we don't really know anything about it whether it's official whether it's a hoax i I mean i have no idea Uh, i haven't seen anything in my mailbox i'm looking at my mailbox right now and i don't see anything in it from the club so um I guess. And
1: despite what people may think, we do like to be responsible about this. Type yeah, of
0: I, we're not going to we're not going to jump on to rumors of this sort. We might talk about like transfer rumors and what you know what it would mean if the player came or w- whether it makes sense and that kind of thing. But this is not the kind of thing we talk about if once it's if it's in the rumor stage, if, if I see something official before we go off the air, then we'll address it. But right now, I haven't seen anything other than some some secondhand stuff uh that's been passed to me nothing that's official i've seen a a screen cap of what looks like somebody listing out some things but uh i haven't seen actually anything officially from atlanta and there's nothing in my mailbox from the club so i will table this discussion dave
1: put a pin in it.
0: okay uh so uh for our former uh former mate brent um petkus Uh, who asked about it, as Ah. as well as uh, Bruno Costa from uh, Twitter. Uh, We don't have any um, response on this particular episode of the podcast, but maybe episode 101 if it turns out to be something. So we'll keep Mm -hmm. our eyes uh, open and uh, see what happens. Um, my, My guess is that if something happened, then it was probably for the couple of guys that got arrested for breaking the seats at Bobby Dodd Stadium. And if uh, that's the case, then, again, another one of those cases where uh, a couple of bad apples spoiled the whole bunch, uh, spoiled it for everybody. So this is all all the more reason that when you see people doing things they shouldn't be doing that you speak up and and ask them not to do things that put everybody in a bad light. And, again, just speculating because we don't have any any official word to go on, um, but if that were the case and there was a ban – that would be the most likely reason for the ban. So uh, we will keep an eye on it, and we'll get back to it and have more information uh, when, we, when we have something. Uh, Dave, it's a light mailbag for Ask TML podcast this week. Uh, mm. Do you have anything on your end? Uh,
1: nothing on my end, okay. but to be fair, uh, it's my birthday week, so I've probably been ignoring people.
0: Okay, well, I ignore people all the time, so... Um, especially if they hashtag Christ out at me. (laughs) I tend to ignore them more than anybody. Um, But uh, we do have a a question on Twitter. In addition to the, 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 those asking about the match ban uh, for ILF ruckus, Uh, whether or not that's a thing we'll, we'll find out and we'll get back to you on that. We'll get more info and we'll get back to you. Uh, And maybe we'll even have something from the club next week. If that's a thing. M a C Matthew Allen Cox on Twitter does have a question. Dave, he wants to know who do you think will be on the chopping block for next year's rebuild?
1: Whew. All right. Um Wow. Uh p- gosh uh, a lot a lot and and not all of them are going to be uh, gone uh, you know obviously we we, were, we tried to give that information out of nikki earlier and uh <laughs> you know we weren't quite able to get all the info yeah um, darn
0: him for not yeah,
1: slipping up i know i can't believe he didn't give it he all he should have had I mean, about you know.
0: 17 beers and then come on with us and and he that and, was
1: our problem yeah. we didn't take him out to a brewery <laughs> first right. ah next time <laughs> all right so um uh, you know Kaka is potentially on the block. Uh, you know, he's got the big salary and uh, he is getting older. Uh, Christian Higuita, uh, despite a really great game, um, you know, th- th- this past week, uh, he is, is on the on the block. Um, Barnes, despite, you know, getting our man on the edge, he is on the block. Um, gosh, who else? Uh, going through my head here. Um, Kyle Aaron. Kyle Aaron, obviously, uh, you know, uh, somebody could come up and offer solely money for Kyle. So, I mean, that's a possibility. Um, there's, uh, you know, even going into, um, you know, somebody like, uh, Richie Larea, uh, you know, it, it, somebody could come in and, and offer something that, you know, you know, we need there. Uh, there's, uh, I, it, it would almost be easier for me to say, you know, who I think is definitely going to be there, but, um, uh, those, those that I just listed those would be the main ones off the top of my head having just heard this question. I'm sure if I had more uh, time I might be able to, to formulate uh, some more responses but um, oh, and, and there you go no Torino
0: yeah, I, I, uh, I would say Dave that the that for me the, the, the place that I would start to look is the older guys making a lot of bank. And so, again, you know, Notorino was one of the first names that came to my mind. Giles Barnes was one of the first names and Kaka. Those -hmm. are three guys that certainly, um, you know, they would be not necessarily gone for next year, but probably the club will think long and hard about that uh, before bringing them back. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, as we mentioned earlier, Dom Dwyer uh, got... Uh, bought with the record amount of allocation money and <laughs> to get a little bit more flexibility uh, they're gonna have to clear something out and sell some people now uh anderlecht is the newest team in on the kyle laren sweepstakes if the rumors are to be believed and um I-, I gotta think that the club would love to hang on to kyle at the end of the season they get a bigger return on their investment yep. uh, on the sale um which would be nice. And, uh, you know, if, if the suitors are lined up and the price is right, they'll bring, uh, they'll, they'll sell him. If it's not, they'll bring him back because he's a useful player and they got, uh, club options on him. Uh, Absolutely. more on club options in a minute, by the way. Um, no, Barnes make a lot of money. They're older. Uh, Kaka getting very old and uh, makes a very big sum of money. Uh, so oh, that's yeah. all stuff that could be, that could come into play. Uh, you could see somebody like um, Carlos Rivas move along. Um, he's a designated player, taking up a very valuable slot on the team. If the if the, I mean, you heard Nicky Budalic really. Nicky said that, uh, you know, you're always looking to upgrade, and if the right move comes along, you make it if you mm-hmm. think it's going to make the team better. So, um, that's that's well, the situation. Man.
1: And and you get into the moving pieces thing. So, okay, let's say somebody, you know, grabs Kyle and then, you know, maybe that means that they keep Rivas or, you know, there, there's there's a lot of factors, you know, as, you know, Nikki said, there's a lot
0: of factors to go into this. Yeah, the, move, the moving parts are all over the place. But, I mean, it, right now in the, you know, middle of August 2017, those are the guys that, that I think are on the chopping block. I think you and I are are largely on the same page. So thank you, uh, yep. Matthew Allen Cox, uh, from Twitter for asking a question. You can ask us on Twitter, ask us anything. It doesn't have to be about soccer. It could be about soccer. It could be about any of the three teams here. It could be about the national teams. It could be anything. Uh, ask us about the premier league. Ask us about Serie A. we may not have a coherent answer, but we'll have an answer. We do promise an answer. So, uh, ask us anything. You can, uh, hit us up on Twitter at the mainland is our Twitter and, uh, hit that hashtag, Ask TMLPC uh, to ask us anything, or you can email us uh, themainland at gmail.com. Ask us anything you would like to know, um, and get those get those questions in ahead of next week for episode one hundred and one. Just uh, don't wait till the end of the week. To, you know, we record on Tuesday. Right. We generally record on Tuesday night, so don't don't wait till Tuesday to get your questions in. Get them in early. Give us time to think about them a little bit. To... Watch watch the <laughs> match, and then. Tweet at us
1: after the match because that's when you're feeling passionate. Yeah. So after the match, tweet us after that.
0: Yeah. But don't don't tweet at us things like well, are are you, are you now on team Christ out? Uh, ask hashtag ask TMLPC because that probably <laughs> because the answer will be no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's probably um, it's probably muted in our in our feed anyway. Uh, anyway, thanks for the answer. Now now I mentioned or thanks for the question. I mentioned before more on the club option thing. I'm going to back off of my earlier. I guess it was a prediction or a supposition that Tommy Redding could be gone after this year. Um, Mm -hmm. I have learned a little bit more about Tommy's situation in terms of uh, the club and where he stands. Now, my uh, knowledge is uh, that, or my understanding is that Tommy uh, is not out of contract after this year. There is a club option for next year, at least. And, I am inclined to think that the club will pick that up unless there's a good offer to sell him. And I've also kind of been uh, poking around. And it doesn't seem that Tommy wants to go anywhere else within MLS if he leaves Orlando. He loves Orlando. This is the MLS team he wants to play for if he stays in MLS. So if, and this is a big if, Tommy goes anywhere next year or maybe even the year after, there is a possibility he would be looking to go overseas so, ah. so that's just stuff that i've i've come to know from speaking to people who would know these things and uh you know well, just trying I, to and clarify I, a little bit about what i was talking about last week and you know when you say something on the air and it's not 100 percent right people will definitely tell you <laughs>
1: Wow, that that's really bad incentive for what we should start saying.
0: <laughs> no, uh, yeah. If you if you don't say things that are, if so, somebody will always try to correct you, the, the the well actually era is upon us, Dave. And uh, the well actually uh, Tommy is not out of contract. Uh, was you know I, I thought he was done after that year, but again, so, when these guys sign contracts, a lot of the times uh, they're not very. Uh, transparent MLS still right. still doesn't tell you everything. Like I I don't even think did we, I don't even think we got a an answer uh, from the club about Yoshi. Even though they're supposed to be given lengths of contracts now, uh, they just told us multi year deal. So so, <laughs> so here's
1: here's the great thing about that that uh, little uh, uh, news about uh, Tommy. I don't think anybody's going to be upset about it.
0: No no and and I don't you know I don't want to see him go either. But I, again I thought there's there's, one, there's if there's one guy who I think that they the club could get some good value for and if he was out of contract, I think they would say, OK, well, we have his MLS rights, but uh, we can get this for him. So let's get this for him because we uh, still have uh, Pereira coming up. And we have aha. Uh-huh, and so we have some options and they might even upgrade and find a second Jonathan Specter to go with Jonathan Specter, Who knows? Ooh, you know, Like a, a, a right footed Jonathan Specter who is good in the air. How about that? Can we
1: clone him backwards?
0: Jeff Cameron. (laughs) And upside
1: down. Clone him backwards
0: and upside down so they can (laughs) No, just bring in Jeff Cameron. Oh, okay. Yeah, we could do that, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Why not? Jeff Cameron and Jonathan Spector, I think you'd probably have the best tandem in uh, in MLS.
1: I I would enjoy that uh, greatly. Um, And in front of uh, Joe Bendik, I think that's that's a lot of clean sheets.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. All right. So we've talked about, uh, Dave, we've talked about the Pride. We've talked about Orlando City. We've talked about OCB. Uh, OCB is going to Louisville City. Orlando City will host the Vancouver Whitecaps on uh, Heineken Rivalry Week. That storied rivalry between <laughs> Orlando City and Vancouver Whitecaps,
1: okay. dating back yeah. to the 2015,
0: 2015 season. 2015, yeah. Yeah, both games in the series decided by one goal or fewer. Uh, last year's contentious rivalry match featured two yellow cards. 2015 keep game, doing all the 2015 game as you know Dave the 2015 game resulted in two Vancouver two. suspensions 3 yes. days 3 days after the game ended It uh, is it is quite a rivalry. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean you know all you got to do is take multiple flights with a couple layovers and these cities are practically side by side
1: yeah, it's 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 like they're it's it's the the brother from another mother, and it's this, this it's a civil war. It house really is. How
0: divided? I mean, how many? How many? House divided. Yeah, yes. Many, we see this all the time with these couples that you know they don't even speak in this week. They don't even talk. One of them's wearing <laughs> their white caps jersey, and the other one's wearing their purple. And uh, they just don't even talk to each other. One of
1: them, one of them is wearing shorts, and the other one is wearing a Parker. <laughs> and and one is one is saying, uh, "Can I have an RJ?" The other one's going, "An RJ." Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's if for anybody who wasn't uh, who doesn't follow uh, at the mainland on Twitter, do so. Go back earlier this week uh, and read all the tweets that Michael just mentioned in regards to the rivalry. Yeah, week,
0: I, I was having some are... fun with rivalry week uh, Monday night.
1: I was. I, I won't lie, I'm at work, and I was having a hard time keeping a straight face at work. With like, you know, as These things are coming up, and I'm like, I'm going to get in trouble if I start laughing out loud.
0: So Saturday night, be there for a song of ice and fire as uh, oh God, Vancouver on. comes down, <laughs> down south of the wall and uh, take, takes on those southerners. Uh, yeah oh, southern lords here in uh, orlando and it'll be it'll be a, oh. a knockdown drag out fight the return of breck Shea, the breckening <laughs> that's right the breckening is upon us on saturday uh, all right so is breck the night king <laughs> yeah he might be the night king yeah might be the night they, king. They are, i think are, we figured it out yeah i think they are very similar similarly pale those two they
1: are and, and, <laughs> and so Wait, but I was going to figure out who's Jon Snow, but I don't think we have anybody that pale in Florida.
0: No, no, we don't. Uh, so oh. anyway, um, you know, Giles Barnes and his uh, storied Vancouver career of about 11 games or whatever it was, uh, you know, he'll be wanting revenge on oh, yes. his old team as well. So, um, yes, yeah. I
1: can't tell you. I can't tell you how up I am for this game.
0: I, I mean, you got to be get hype. Man. I'm
1: hyped, man. <laughs> I'm so hyped. I'm, I'm practically shaking over here.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> And, and for, uh, if anybody does read Pride Pub, you know how much I love the uh, Canadian games just oh, because yeah, of the jokes. Excited.
0: You are excited. Uh,
1: I am. I'm always excited for the to, Canadian games. You get games. to do
0: Canadian beer for your Pride Pub this I, week.
1: I get to do Canadian beer. I get to make uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie references. So it's always exciting for me. I'm not so sure it is for everybody else, but it's always exciting for me. But as since this is Rivalry Week, with our rivals, Vancouver, I'm sure that everybody else is on
0: yeah, I always say this. If you can't entertain everybody else, uh, you should just at least just entertain yourself. yourself. That's right. That's kind of our motto at the mainland. That's how I write. <laughs> it's, our, it's our mainland <laughs> motto. We, we're not going to be able to, to entertain everybody, so we'll just yeah, entertain yeah. ourselves. Uh, Dave, much. what are your key matchups and your uh, scoreline prediction for A Song of Ice and Fire? All right. Um,
1: oof. So, uh, you know, Vancouver is sitting at six in the uh, in the West. Uh, you know, they're no slouch. They do have to travel. Um, so we, we do at least have that. We are at home. Um, they also have a midweek uh, game
0: against Seattle.
1: Yep. And they have the midweek game against Seattle. So um,
0: I think that might actually be a rivalry.
1: The, oh, the Seattle. Yeah, that it might, might actually, even have, It yeah. might
0: have a nickname and everything.
1: That that might actually so that is the actual rivalry game. We're yeah, just be, kind of we're the, the, the footnote. The
0: Cascadia thing, I guess, is you know I guess that's important to some people, but it's not like Vancouver, Orlando City.
1: No, no. I mean, let's let's doesn't let's be real here. Doesn't have the I mean,
0: pageantry that or know, the
1: history. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. Yeah, it's yeah. just it really doesn't. Um, you know, uh, the the key for uh, matchup for me is. Um, it, it, it's it's goals. So um, it's uh, and I don't care where they come from. Um, I, I do, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I think that Dom is going to reopen his account for Orlando city. I think it's going to happen because he's just, uh, I don't, I don't think he, he's got too much energy. He's got too much drive. I don't, I don't think you, you can hold him back. Uh, so I think, I think that happens. Um, you know, when that happens, I don't know, but he, he had enough shots on, one goal last game, so I, th- I think we get one there. Uh, I think we pull another one from some else. Um, uh, see, I'm on the fence on this. So my, my heart tells me 2-1, Orlando City winning home, get the three points they need. My head says uh, these guys have not proven they can win yet and says 1-1. One, one. So I'm going to go against what I usually do, and I'm going to go with my head. I'm going to say we draw again. It's 1-1. One, one. Dom's the one that gets the goal. Um, and, uh, and you and I have to address all kinds of things next week.
0: Key matchup. Uh, for me, it's going to be the Vancouver defensive midfield against kaka because now he's got a taste of the wall now he knows what it's all about now he's got a, a oh, i forgot about that glimpse into the passion and he knows what makes orlando city fans tick he's gonna go out and just be possessed this week i think um i expect a big game from ricky and also a little bit of something to prove to the league for suspending him for something so stupid okay i i think he i think he's gonna be a man trying to terrorize people and try and to play with a chip on his shoulder. And so the, the key matchup for me is him against uh, that defensive midfield and, and back line of Vancouver. Can they contain uh, raw Ricky, as I'm going to call him? He's going to be on a, a man on a mission. I think this is going to be a big, important game for him to, to give back to the fans. And, you know, can Vancouver withstand the barrage that is is Kaká? And, uh, you know, because if he's running rampant, he's going to be setting up Kyle Laren, He's going to be setting up uh, either Carlos Rivas or Dom Dwyer or all three of those guys. And okay. uh, so it's up to Vancouver to, to keep that quiet. So that's my key matchup. My nice. line prediction. Until they win, I can't predict them to win. One, one.
1: <laughs> ah. See, I thought you were going to go against me on this one. I thought you were going to. I went your route. I
0: thought you were going to go my no, route. Oh, I, I spoke uh, my piece last week. I, I can't predict a win without a win. You show me they can win, and then I might predict one. But I'm okay. Not well,
1: here's the good thing: we both went one-one, and there's hardly any time that we're both right. That's
0: true, but that could be a bad it's, thing.
1: It could be a bad thing. But <laughs> it could be a good thing. It's it, but it is at home, and you did predict. You know, predict a, uh, you know, kakai that's on fire. So uh this team, is so due, though,
0: this team is so due, though, David. This team is so due. Oh, my God. I I mean, so can, many can shots can that have team, just missed barely. Ugh. Can this team possibly? I mean, I was amazed that a ball actually hit the woodwork and went in the goal last weekend. Hit the woodwork twice. Yeah, yeah. They tried. The, the goal tried to reject that ball. But Giles Barnes was just too good. And he couldn't reject it. It tried twice. It was like taking two swings at it. But the third one got in. Um, and I right, should I'm, say a little upset.
1: I'm a little I, upset you didn't catch the uh, uh, the cacao on fire for the uh, entire uh, ice and fire thing.
0: Well, you know what? I, I think I've exhausted my entirety of Have my, we done all the Game of Thrones stuff? And I, I think I've done all the imaginative stuff I could do. But
1: No, um, wait. There's one more. They have a mountain to beat. Ah. <sighs> And we just isolated everybody that doesn't watch
0: Game of Thrones. (laughs) You just, you know, you just, you, you, the key is you got to leave them wanting more, Dave. You can't just, Oh, there's so many more. There's so many more. You can't flame out like that. Um, (laughs) so you can't, you just can't. So anyway, I I would say that, um, one thing we didn't mention was that uh, Justin Miriam hit the post also. So, Posts were actually kind to Orlando for a change, and it still didn't result in a win. So uh, how could I, in light of that, predict a victory? I, I would I would say that this team is so overdue to just score like four or five goals in one game because of all the, the pent-up frustrations of the season. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, well, that's
1: not true. It would. But, I would be know. surprised.
0: But yeah, I, I'd surprised. on the one hand, I'd be surprised, and on the other hand, I'd be like, well, statistically, this makes sense. Right. Because yeah. <laughs> so, we're realistic. That's right. So anyway, I think that uh, that's good. I think oh, um, last year we played, I believe, a 2-2 draw in Vancouver in the Bobby Murphy, the abbreviated Bobby Murphy era, the, the zombie era, uh, the White Walker era of the uh, of Orlando <laughs> City. <laughs> oh, and God. if you will, to, to, to further... Run yeah. that it, yeah. run that into the ground. Anyway, um, yeah, and then it, that was also Julia Baptista missed a penalty in that game. So I mean that could have been a victory and wasn't. And then uh, the the first year, uh, it was a stoppage time goal from uh, Octav- Octavio Rivero, uh, winning it uh, and breaking a nil nil draw and, and giving Vancouver a one nothing. Win. It, uh, it's just hard for Orlando City to score goals against Vancouver. It's hard for well, Orlando to score against anybody this year. So well, um, I was about to say, it is a rivalry game. Yeah, it's a rivalry game, so you know it's going to be close. So you know that that, that Orlando Vancouver, uh, you know, you can't you can't stop the hatred between these teams.
1: No, no, you really can't. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've burned them in effigy.
0: Yeah, the Canadians are not even polite to us during this week.
1: Ooh, Yeah, that's how that's bad it gets. That's fight
0: words. That's how bad it gets.
1: Is the Canadians are impolite? Well, to <laughs> they're they're actually fighting words for Canadians. I mean, those are have a stern word with you or but you know, still.
0: All right. Uh, so we will be back next week to break down Orlando City and Vancouver and of course Orlando City B at Louisville City and uh, next week I believe, if I remember correctly, might be a double game week for the uh, the Young Lions. Um But uh, we will also be back to talk the pride at FC Kansas City. Uh, And we'll see if we we brought Ali Krieger, the uh, podcast bump. That would be as we are one to do. Yeah, it would be really cool. And uh, yeah, maybe we bring uh, Nicky Budalich the uh, podcast bump, and he can uh, sign Chicharito. The long awaited (laughs)
1: outside, outside of a (laughs) transfer.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or Zlatan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well you can that get them on be, you, that would be a big bump you can get them on loan you don't have to you, uh, that's, true, uh, that's true that's true true uh anyway um we do want to thank uh both nikki budalich and ali krieger uh for being with us for what we consider to be a pretty big mile in 100 shows now uh on the mainland yep. podcast we we will we'll start working on the guests for show number 200 uh it'll probably take us 100 more episodes to to pull that off And uh, I want to thank uh, Jackie Ramos, Jackie Maynard, uh, Rafael Cabrera, all from the Orlando City communications staff for helping us uh, set up our interviews and the timing and all of that. It was very, um, you know, those guys work a lot and uh, we make them work after hours for us to, to set these up. So uh, they're, you know, they're outside their normal daily routine and their window. So we really, uh, are happy about that and of course we want to thank every one of you who listened to these first 100 or to any amount of time of these first 100 episodes uh, of the mainland podcast when we started this this dumb little podcast uh, a couple of years ago we didn't know how far it would go we knew we wanted to do one and we have a lot of fun doing it and i've had a lot of co-hosts over the last few years dave's been with me pretty much every step of 2017 so,
1: yeah, I think it was uh, either right at the beginning or right at the end of 16. I'm not sure. And uh, uh, I, I also want to, you know, thank all the listeners. Really appreciate it. Um, and, uh, you know, gosh, keep sending in the questions. Uh, challenge us, for God's sake. I mean, you know, we're sitting here talking. Let's
0: let's make it worthwhile. That's right. I definitely wanted to finish by by thanking those that have written in with their questions, because we uh, we we like getting them. We like answering them. And hopefully uh, we're giving you something worthwhile in that space. So, uh, you know, send in. You don't even have to send in questions. Send in your, your feedback. Uh, oh, before we get out of here, Dave, I've got a okay. five-star iTunes review to read.
1: Ah, uh, yes. Yeah.
0: It's actually our, it's a- our most recent uh, five-star review on iTunes. And please go to iTunes, give us our give us a star rating, and, and leave us feedback. Leave, you know, leave us a review. Because that's how we move up in the the rankings, and that's how we get uh, to reach more people, and uh, they get to listen to our podcast. And, so, and we'll read it on the line. Yeah. You know, uh, if we we'll, if you if you give it. us a five star review and write something nice, we are going to read it on the show. This one comes to us from Lee G one, and it was left on July fourth, two thousand seventeen. That's the most recent one we've got. It's uh came back on Independence Day. Uh, I I'm not making this up. You can go to iTunes and see it. It says, Lee writes, <clears throat> Michael Citro is an excellent host. Hey, thanks, Lee. Appreciate that. And the panel always does a great job of giving relatively equal coverage to all three soccer teams in Orlando as opposed to focusing solely on Orlando City. I especially enjoy when they bring on a writer, editor from the opponent's Espionation website when applicable to break down that week's match. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Lee well, G1. Well, uh, speaking
1: for the panel, Lee awesome you're a gentleman and a patriot
0: (laughs) yeah good stuff um so yes if you want to get your five-star review uh read on the the show please leave us one and because we can't read a five-star review if you don't leave us a five-star review so Mm -hmm. thank you to lee and uh, and to all who have left us uh, good feedback overwhelming overwhelmingly positive on the itunes so we appreciate that so again thanks to nikki budalich thank you to ali krieger Uh, for episode number 100, making it so special. On behalf of David Rowe, I'm Michael Citro. I am the managing editor and the founder of TheMainland.com, inviting you to read our stuff, inviting you to like us on Facebook and to uh, follow us on Twitter, and uh, to leave that star rating over on iTunes. I am uh, signing off for this week. We're going to put 100 behind us and look forward to the next 100. I'll sign off the way I always do by saying, Go City!